You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. Come on, title of my message, When All is Calm. Now that Christmas and the hustle and the bustle is behind us and life sets back into life as usual and I want you to ponder, is there anything different that you will take away from it this year? Compared to the years in the past, is there anything different about this year that you're going to take away from Christmas? What God's doing in our society, what God's doing in our hearts, what the correction and order that's coming back. And as we begin to tear down and uh, get into that tear down mode and when it's all been cleaned up, when it's all been packed up, when it's all been put up, what will be the one truth? What's going to be the one truth that you'll ponder this year that you haven't in years past? Because as, I mean, do the children know the why this year? With everything that's going on, do children know the why? Did we teach it's better to give than to receive? Did we experience the reason for the season? That there's power in the name of Jesus. That it's not about a religion, it's about a relationship. Did we... Get that across. When all is calm and all the events are over, family members are all gone home, cousin Eddie's packed up his RV and pulled out of your driveway. Huh? Come on. After the tree has all been burned up and put out in the yard. His Aunt Claire's done said the national anthem and has gone home and Uncle Lewis has done burnt his last stogie in your house and snots has done tore up everything he could tear up. What are you going to take away from this Christmas? As God continues to bring order and correction, are we going to be left we're going to be left with lots of truth to ponder in the coming years. Lots of truth to ponder on how we look at the church and how we look at the holidays. And as correction and order starts coming, change has to happen. And we don't like change. We don't like the unknowns. Let's look in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And an angel shows up to some shepherds in a field. Now here's what you have to understand. God hasn't spoken for over 400 years. And he shows up to a priest, an old man who's a priest, who's mute now. Okay. He's not he hadn't been able to talk through the whole pregnancy of his wife. 
<laughs> that could have been a blessing. And he shows up to a virgin girl saying she's pregnant who's going to have to try to explain this. Come on. Then shows up to some shepherds out in a field who are just common sheep herders, goat herders out in the field watching by night. God didn't show up to the government officials. God didn't show up to the scribes and the Pharisees, the preachers and the evangelists. and the He didn't show up to them. The three people he showed up to first after 400 years was just common folks like us. Come on. And it says... And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. All the people. I think he showed up to them because it was for all the people. If he'd have showed up to just the higher elites, come on, he shows up to the, to the priest guy that, that's going to have John the Baptist and he makes him mute. And I guarantee you, everybody around there was going, well, he must have made God mad. Well, he did, but <laughs> come on. But God still used him, right? So he says, for all the people, for today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you of this truth is what they're saying. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Now, you've got to understand, for thousands of years, they've been reading and going through the scriptures and they've been waiting on a king to deliver them from the oppression. Come on. And so now, these shepherds are having to wrap their head around the fact that the sign for them that the Christ, the Messiah, the new king who was there to save them is a baby lying in a manger. I mean, there's a lot of stuff here to ponder. That's all new. Come on. That's outside of what their belief system, what they've been told to believe. Come on. What they've been told to be looking for. A king. A conquering king. They're looking for a conquering king. They ain't looking for a baby. Are y'all with me now? And it came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby 
as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. In verse 19, and Mary pondered, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Now let, listen, God shows up to some common shepherd men. to come and tell them of the expression of God's love and grace towards men. Come on. It is for all. This is so outside of what... Listen, they had been oppressed by the Roman government. They are waiting for this Messiah to come and conquer the Roman government. Not to show up and, and, and say God is at peace with all men. Come on. That's not what they're waiting on. That's not what their mindset is. Are y'all still here? The only thing that anyone, listen, I wish I could tell you that when you come up against the truth, when you come to Jesus Christ and you find out who you are and who you belong to, I wish I could tell you that everything was just going to run smooth and that what he was going to do with you was going to be clear. I wish I could tell you that everything that God's going to do with you is going to be clear. Listen, everybody is different. Everybody's process in getting godly character is going to be different. God, because we are so different in our emotions and our feelings and our character that God knows how to reach our heart to make significant change in our life. Some of us need a lot more grace and mercy. <laughs> Some of us just get it right off the bat. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Used to, I, I could just look at Josh and Josh would just, Daddy, please don't whip me. Daddy, please don't whip me. Caleb, it was a fight. And he'd be laughing the whole time I was fighting him, trying to whoop him. That's two, different, that's two different characteristics. Come on. See, we're all that way. Just like all of our what is different. All of our what's, your vocation, your skill level, your, what you do for a living, all of our what's are different. But here's the one constant. The one thing that's the same, the one thing that never changes is the why. Our why never changes. No matter what we're going through in the process of life, of getting godly character in us so that we change 
come on, and look more like God as, 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 he, as we look at the Word of God and that begins to reflect off of us. We are looking as in a mirror, come on, from glory to glory to glory. Listen, these processes are all different we all, some of us it takes longer, some of us it's short, some, come on. All of that's different. But God never leaves us to ourselves. He's always after us because he is pleased to bring peace and joy. Come on, look what verse 20. And the shepherds went back glorifying, praising God for all that he had heard, all they had heard and seen just as they'd been told. That's the why. At the end of the day, no matter if we can wrap our head around what we're going through, no matter what we've been taught, no matter what's been all the uh, man's ideal, all of the cultural stuff that we've made, come on, all the doctrinal issues that we've made for our comfort, come on. At the end of the day, it's to praise God and glorify Him. That's the why. In all of this, at the end of the day, when we're working through all of our godly character, come on, to reflect the kingdom, it's about giving him praise and glory at the end of the day. Come on, are y'all with me? See, they left glorifying and praising this imperfect, these imperfect men that God used to exalt what he was doing for mankind. See, none of us are perfect. Some of us are shy. Some of us are bold. Some of us are just kind of mediocre, just want to be on the backside. Come on. We're all different. But at the end of the day, mere men expressing God's love and grace on earth as it is in heaven is the why. That's, that's the whole issue that we all face. See, never before have we seen such a tactic and campaign to instill fear for profit. Come on. And control the way we think and the life that we live. We've never seen that like we're seeing it right now. And we can't just keep bumping up against truth and walking away and not changing to the way God does things. See, we've been so conditioned in this country. The devil has done such a good job over the years with changing the system of teaching how to think to what to think. That people panic under pressure and just want to be told what to do instead of standing on faith. Because we are scared of the unknown because of the way we've been conditioned over years and years we've been conditioned to security security in our finances security in insurance security in our careers secure come on wear your seatbelt 
Lord have mercy, you got to have a helmet on to ride a bicycle nowadays. Come on, we're conditioned. We've been conditioned so much that we're so told what to do that when everything starts anxiety, we, we, that's why anxiety is such a high. It's, it's over the roof. Let me prove my point. Haley, will you come up here? Mark Pittman, would you come up here? Hannah, she, Hannah just, I see, she just, come up here, Mary. Where's Ray? Ray, you're going to be Joseph. Come up here. Mark, you can go around there and come up the steps. Okay. Now I need... I need... David Butcher, you come up here. Luke, you come up here. Luke is like... Come on. Let's see. Haley, is that where you're going to stand? I guess so. Uh, David, grab a mic. Hand one to Mark. Y'all come in. Y'all scoot in a little bit. You may sit. You may hold her hand. Can I sit? No, you got to stand. <laughs> I need... Uh, Haley, you come, can you come over here? David, kind of stand right there. You and Mark together. I tell you what, give Luke that mic, okay? And you and Mark kind of share back and forth, okay? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to be having a baby. I know. So it's fresh, and you know exactly all the moans, groans, squeezing his hand, and you're there to encourage Joseph, you're there to encourage. <laughs> breathe, breathe. Mark, you're going to be mooing, bellering like a cow. <laughs> Dave, you're going to be banned like a sheep. Practice. <laughs> Louder. <laughs> there you go. Dave. Okay. Luke. Luke. <laughs> Luke, you're going to bray like, like a dog. Like a jackass? Yes, like a jackass. <laughs> yeah. She turned me off. She turned me off. Practice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, practice in the mic. Is it on? I thought I turned it on. Oh, you might have turned it off. Okay. Hello? Okay. Now, you're going to be, huh? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, start. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Now, everybody, let's, one, two, three, yeah.
Thank y'all very much. <laughs> See? That's, that's how conditioned we are. And it hit me, this, that was all pulled together this morning, straight from ranch headquarters. But, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, I was sitting there humming this morning, silent night. And it hit me. When I, when I heard to myself, tender and mild. And I thought, we are so conditioned to the manger scene. Sheep laying down, donkeys just laying down, the cow and the baby laying there. We're, we're so conditioned to, it was a silent night. It was chaos. You got a mama having a baby that's never had a baby. You got Joseph trying to walk. Can you imagine the anxiety Joseph's baby? I mean, they're having a baby in a, in a cave. And where am I going to put it? I got all these sheep bumping around in here. We're so conditioned to silent night. Come on. That we can't hardly think out of the box at times. And we get so conditioned to behold unto us a child was born. And his name will be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel. We don't even read the whole scripture to get the revelation behind it. I believe the devil's done such a good job of pulling the veil over our eyes that we don't see the revelation of the process or what God was doing speaking to future generations of what was happening. And we miss the very powerful truth principle in Isaiah of what was going on. Turn to Isaiah This truth is so powerful for the building of your faith in the midst of the process of godly character that I believe, without a doubt, the enemies try to keep us from seeing this. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 1, Now it came about in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, the king of Aram, and Pekah, the peacock, the son of Ramalia, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but could not conquer it. When it was reported to the house of David, saying, that, that's so powerful right there. When, when it was reported to the house of David, saying, the Arameans have camped in Ephraim, his heart and the hearts of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake with the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, go out now to meet Ahaz. You and your son share Jasub, 
I'm sure I said that all wrong. At the end of the conduit, look, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field and say to him, take care and be calm, have no fear and do not be faint hearted because of these two stubs of smoldering firebrands on account of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Remaliah. Listen, this is so telling. Ahaz was king. And Ahaz had done, defiled the altars. He had, he had come up with another form of religion, basically. He went down to Damascus. He seen an altar there that was really pretty, pagan altar. Came home, had the, had the priest build an altar just like it. Not like the one God built. Come on. And he said, this is what I want. This is where I want my uh, offerings and sacrifices done. Come on. We, see, we can see a replica of that in Timothy where Paul said, they will hold to a form of godliness but deny the power of it. In other words, they'll deny the power to change their life. And they'll want to just hear Doctrine that tickles their ears. Come on. And so God tells Isaiah, you go tell Ahab, Ahaz, you meet him at the conduit. Take your son whose name means a remnant shall come back. God is always speaking into our future. And he's always telling this generation, if you'll get your stuff right and you'll look to God and you'll trust me and not fear just because they're over here angry and mad at you, because see, what they wanted was is they wanted a puppet king that they could control. Now, that was the one thing Ahaz had going for him is he wasn't a puppet. He was wicked, but he wasn't a puppet, and they wanted a puppet king. About like what we got right now. <laughs> Come on. See, they wanted somebody up there they could tell what to do. God said, you go tell him, you take your son, whose name means a remnant shall return. And you go stand up there where the water, the conduit, where the water, see they had conduits that bring water into the city. That's very important because Ahaz's son was Hezekiah. Now, Hezekiah tore down all of his daddy's altars that he made. He was willing to come up against the truth of who he was. Despite what he had been taught as a child, come on, and tore down all those pagan altars and reinstituted 
what God had put together. And when an enemy came against him, oh man. Listen. God even tells him, he, he says, look, he, he's, God's always wanting us to change. He tells Ahaz, if you'll just trust me, if you'll just stand in faith, look in verse 9. He says, and the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is the son of Ramaliah. If you will not believe you surely shall not last. In other words, God's telling him, they're all just a bunch of stub firebrands that are going out who ain't going to be around in 65 years. That's what he told him back there. He said, they're not even going to be around in 65 years, but if you'll trust me, if you don't, you won't last. And here's what he tells him. Look in verse 10. This is what we repeat. This is what we sing. This is what we always do our plays, everything. Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz saying, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Make it deep as Sheol or high as heaven. In other words, try to make it impossible. Try to make it where nobody else can answer. Try to make it. Because see, he's already set up all these foreign pagan, come on, worshiping on something that wasn't him. He's saying, ask me. Now look at Ahaz. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, listen now, O house of David. And that's what got me too. He keeps saying house of David. You know why he's saying that? Because he has a covenant with David. That David will have an heir that sits on the throne. Ahaz has broke that covenant. In the New Testament, God says, even when you're not faithful, I still am. Can't help myself. Come on. And so God keeps referring back to the covenant. He always is bringing us back to the covenant. And he's telling him, if you get back to the covenant, doing it the way, come on. Then he said, listen now, O house of David, is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men that you will try the patience of my God as well? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Everybody at one time, everybody, now, now you're all part of the skit. Everybody at the same time on the count of three, say what Emmanuel means. One, two, three. Come on, say that again. God with us. That's been from the very beginning. God's trying to tell him, Ahaz, if you'll get back into covenant with me, I'll be with you and you won't have to worry about these guys. You don't have to worry about an oppressive 
angry government coming against you. You don't have to worry. If you'll do this according to what I've said, you don't have to worry about that. I'm the one in covenant with you. You don't have to do... Come on, are y'all in here with me? So see, in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all that's going on, God's with us. God's always trying to build our godly character and move us to, come on, where when somebody looks at our life, they go, man, praise God. God's exalted. We're praising God because he carried us through. We stood in faith. We didn't shake, tremble, fear, get into, come on. But we did exactly what God's word said, not what we were told to do. God doesn't want a bunch of puppets. Now, government may want a bunch of puppets. God doesn't want puppets. Come on, are y'all with me in here? God wants people who think on their own, who will praise him and love him for who he is, not because they're told to. Come on. That's why it's about a relationship. It's not about a religious duty or things that we do, but it's because we're in covenant with him and he is working on our godly character to, that we can reflect the kingdom of God. See, this is very significant and God is doing more than just delivering his people. See, he's sending a message. God is always sending a message to the future generations. If you'll stand in faith and trust me. Come on. Always. You know who got it? Ahaz's son. Look in 2 Chronicles 32. This is this is chronicle in his son. Now Hezekiah becomes king. He tears down all those altars. And now he's got a rogue king coming against him. And he goes to the conduit. He goes to the upper part of the river where Isaiah told his daddy, if you'll stand and trust me. Here's what he did. He went up there and he shut all the water off so that the king that was going to come and besiege him wouldn't have no water. But he'd have water because it was coming under, come on, underground. He'd have water, but they wouldn't have water. Look what he says in verse 7. He's encouraging the people. Look in verse 6. And he appointed military officers over the people and gathered them to him in the square at the city gate and spoke encouragingly to them, saying, Be strong and courageous, do not fear, or be dismayed, because of the king of Assyria nor because of all the multitude which is with him. For the one with us is greater than the one with him. 
With him is only an arm of flesh. Man, if you don't get anything out of this message, everything that they're trying to shove down your throat, everything that the world tries to offer you in comfort or in, it's all flesh. It will not last. That's what he told his daddy. If you stand on your own or you try to go, listen, Ahaz, his downfall is he went and got help from another country and he did not last. Oh man, come on. Amen. Hezekiah says, I'm not going down that road because here's what I know is that God tried to tell my daddy and he wouldn't listen. God offered my dad to come back to the covenant, but he would not listen. When he come up against the truth that he had broke covenant, he would not listen and he would not ask God for a sign. Come on. Is this not powerful? Amen. He said, but I tell you what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to trust our God. We're going to stand in faith and we're going to watch God deliver us because he doesn't have an arm of flesh. He, his arm is powerful and mighty. And we're going to trust God. And when that army that's so big comes and, and encircles around us, we're just going to stand in faith. Look what he says in verse. He says, with him is only an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people relied on the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. And you know what? They didn't have nothing to worry about. See, if we can get our minds to unwrap around the normal boundaries and comfort that we make. Silent night. That's so peaceful. That's so nice, isn't it? So comforting. But in reality... See, and in the midst of all the chaos, all the braying, the bellering, and the screaming, and the, come on. God still was looking to bring peace on earth and goodwill towards men. See, and in the midst of all that, calm. In this world, you'll have tribulation. But I've overcome, he says. That's what makes it calm. That's what takes the anxiety out. That's what makes us winners, even when it looks like everything around us is losing. Come on. So what's the truth that you're going to take away from this Christmas. When it's all packed up, when it's all put up, when all the chaos is gone and you're sitting in your home and you have to go back to just life going down the road, what is the truth 
that you're going to ponder in 2022. God with us. That's always been the goal. God with us. And if God's with us, who can be against you? We don't have to worry if it's end times. We don't have to worry what the politicians are doing. We don't have to worry about the economy. We don't have to, come on, are y'all with me in here? We don't have to worry about what media is trying to shove down our throat. We don't, listen, God with us. God with us. Those who will stand in faith and believe. Those who are willing to believe that Christianity is more than just coming on Sunday morning and listening to a guy preach. Or sitting at home watching a guy preach. But it's a body of believers who come together to exalt His name and praise Him and encourage one another that God fights our battles because he's with us. Come on, y'all stand. Listen, other nations, they don't hate you. They don't even know you. All the killing, the raping, the pillaging, destroying each other. See, they hate America. They hate the idea of America because we have a biblical view. We have a biblical worldview. We have a, the Bible is absolute truth. And they hate the very ideal of you. That's what they hate. That's what they're against. That's what they've tried so hard to infiltrate this country and change. And if we don't change, they'll change us to their idea of immorality and godlessness. They don't want godly character that reflects the kingdom of God. And if we sit back idly and keep going the same old way, oh, I, I, we're going to lose the very concept of who we are as a people and we're going to find ourselves always shaken like leaves on a tree because our enemies are coming against us but if we can stand in faith and let God work on our character come on say God we want to get back to the truth of this. We want to get back in covenant with you. 
I think you'll start seeing change in this country. But change isn't going to come until we change back to this, until we tear down some old altars, come on, some old sacred cows. If we don't learn to think out of the box of doctrine, religion, come on, if we're not willing to change our character, see, we all have a responsibility for the truth when we come up against it. That's why we ponder. That's why Mary pondered. That's why the shepherds pondered. Is because they had to rethink some issues. To get out of their comfort zone. Come on, y'all with me. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for your son, Jesus. What a powerful name it is. As a covenant people, in covenant with the most high God, Lord, who can be against us if you're for us? We thank you that you want a royal priesthood. I thank you that we are all royalty in here. You want us blessed. You want us prosperous. You want us advancing your kingdom. We thank you, Father God. You're going to show us ways to be victorious. Even when we don't understand, even when there's an unknown, Father, I pray that we begin to get excited about the unknown. Because we're just trusting in you. How can we know every? We can't. What we do know is that nothing's impossible with you. That's what we know. That's what we stand on. That's why we believe that Jesus was born a baby and became a king. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.